Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community practicing the way of Jesus and thirsting for the life he gives. Hey, good morning. The rain has stopped. Praise God. Right? Um, This morning, we're going to continue our sermon series in the Gospel of Luke. We have been journeying through Luke's gospel, journeying with Jesus through Luke's gospel, and we've been looking at all the different tables that Jesus sits at in Luke's gospel. And there are 10 different tables Jesus sits at, and each one of those tables shows us something about Jesus, who he is. And the story we're going to read today involves two sisters who invite Jesus over for dinner. And these two sisters have a very different approach to showing hospitality. And I I know this from experiences, as I'm sure you do, but hospitality can look differently, can it? Right? There's different forms of hospitality. I've been the recipient of of various forms of hospitality. It it can look different. Um, Last night, I got to attend the RUF 10-year anniversary celebration dinner, and it was wonderful, and John and Megan Minan and the students did a great job being hosts. Like, we all felt special. We felt like, wow, we're honored guests here. And it was wonderful. We had a meal together, and there was some stories shared. And it was just a really special time. And it was Vermont formal, so I had to tuck my shirt in. <laughs> and, but there are other, there are other times. That, that's one form of hospitality. But there's other times we experience hospitality that uh, is less formal. It's laid back. It's low key. It's paper plate, Right? And, and you, you kind of just feel like you're at home. You put your feet up. You're part of the family. Um, and some of the most meaningful experience of hospitality that I've ever encountered took place in very simple and humble settings. I remember when I was a senior in high school, I took a trip to Mexico, and it wasn't like to the resort Mexico. It was to the impoverished part of Mexico. We were building a school there, me and some friends. And one night... Uh, a family that was in this poor kind of barrio and invited us over for dinner. And the, the, the person who was our translator and kind of was helping us get from place to place told us, like, where we're going, they don't have a lot. And so whatever they get you, it, it's, it, it's, it's generous. It's a gift. And we showed up, and we were a little bit nervous about what we were going to eat that night. And they brought out a bowl with some, a, a leaf in it and some hot water and some partially cooked turtle meat for us. And, and the, the hosts who were, who were putting this on for us, they weren't eating it because it was too expensive. They were just eating tortillas and watching us eat the turtle. And it was not good. <laughs> but the hospitality was beautiful because it was such a gift of themselves. I remember another time um, I was leading a trip of some students to the Dominican Republic, and we were staying in one of the poorest barrios in the country. Again, we're doing some like building projects and some, some relief work. And we were invited to another person's home. And it, I wouldn't really describe it as a home. It was kind of like a, sh- a shed, right, with dirt floors, no electricity, no running water. And they served us chicken feet soup <laughs> because that's the, the, all they could afford. And again, not good. <laughs> but the hospitality was immense, right? Because we know that hospitality is, has, has more to do with relationship than it does food, 
right? It has more to do with, with giving, somebody giving a portion of themselves than it does a, a beautiful setting. And, and hospitality, of course, is, is an important biblical theme, especially in Luke's gospel, which is why Luke records these 10 tables for us, how Jesus sits at these tables with people. And he records them to demonstrate how much Jesus enjoyed sharing meals with people. And tables were often the place where Jesus revealed himself. Tables were often the place where Jesus showed who he was. In fact, in Luke chapter 7, the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of the day, they accused Jesus of being a glutton because he attended so many dinner parties. They said, that guy's a glutton. All he does is eat. And so when we read our table story today, it's important to read it through that lens, the backdrop of Luke's gospel as a whole, where, where the work of hospitality is one of the chief signs of the inbreaking of God's kingdom. So I'm going to invite my friends Sunshine and Chester to come up. They're going to read our passage today in Luke chapter 7 for us, Luke chapter 10 for us. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that story and I hear it being read, I can't help but feel bad for Martha, right? Because here she is, she's trying to make Jesus feel welcome and cared for, and really she's trying to follow Jesus' teaching. Because earlier in this same chapter, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells his followers to, to appreciate hospitality wherever it's shown. And he encourages his, his disciples to receive whatever was put in front of you with gratitude. Treat hospitality like the generous gift that it is, how it's a, a sign of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. And then a few chapters later in Luke's gospel, when we get to chapter 14, Jesus teaches his disciples the importance of showing hospitality, of, of exhorting his followers to host people who are unable to pay you back. And it, he speaks of the blessings that come when we, we show hospitality to one another. And here's Martha trying her best to do just that, right? She's trying to show hospitality toward Jesus, which begs the question, if Jesus advocated for hospitality and he taught his followers to appreciate hospitality, why is he correcting someone who's trying to provide it? It's a good question to ask, right? And, and the way I would answer that question is this. I would argue that, that Jesus wasn't so much concerned with Martha's service. He was concerned about all the distraction and worry that was going on in the background of her heart. He was really concerned about the, the state of her heart. And that word translated distracted that we find in verse 40, it says Martha was distracted. That word has the idea of, of being pulled and dragged in different directions. How many of you have ever felt that before? Maybe you're at an event, maybe you're hosting an event, and you just feel pulled in all these directions. That's the word the author here uses, Luke uses, to describe that, distracted. And we know that Martha wants to provide a meaningful experience for Jesus, and she's preoccupied with, with all the things that she feels are required for that. And it's clear she's frustrated. She's worried that things might not turn out the way she hoped, what if Jesus leaves and he's just disappointed in the whole evening? Have you ever hosted before and you, you thought that? Like, oh man, what if this doesn't go well? And what does that say about me, right? She's probably feeling some of that. I have to confess that I can relate to Martha on so many levels here. I'm just, I am terrible at hosting people. My wife makes fun of me all the time. She jokes about it all the time, and Grace. 
Um, but I get too wound up. I, I have to make sure like everything's right and I'm overthinking everything. Like, okay, like who's going to sit there and where, where, where we're going to get, what time is the food going to be ready? And, when, and, and, and I, I just get way up here. Is anybody like this or is it just me and Martha? Okay. I just get way up here and I have to be like energized. I have to be on when we're hosting people. And, and my wife often makes fun of me. She's like, you just need to relax. Like, everything's going to be fine. And in fact, um, sometimes we host small groups at my house. And the last small group we hosted, I was like getting in my mode, you know, like, okay, what are we going to do here? We've got to get ready for the small group. Here, here's how I'm, and my wife just says, how about you just come and you let me lead it? <laughs> and it was probably like one of the best small groups we've ever hosted. Because <laughs> I just like showed up. And, but that's, that's exactly what Martha's experiencing. She, she wants to show hospitality and care for Jesus but it quickly turns in on itself. You know what I mean by that? It, like, she, she's so amped up about it that it just like backfires on her, and it's not good. It, it, and what we find is she unintentionally becomes the anti-host because she's so stressed that she tries to embarrass her sister in front of her guest, right? All this resentment just comes spilling out. Here she is trying to be host and trying to be thoughtful of her guest, and she just gets there and blah, she like, all this resentment up and embarrasses her sister. She, she then asks her guests to intervene in, in the family dispute, which is incredibly inappropriate, right? When, you, when you're invited to someone's home, uh, you don't want to settle a family dispute at the dinner table. <laughs> and that's what she does. She goes one step further because she even goes so far to accuse her guests of not caring about her. So Jesus, if you cared which is right, a manipulative tactic. And so she, in, in her desire to become a host, she's become the anti-host. And it turns into a giant train wreck. And, and Martha allows her distraction and her worry to crowd out the most important aspect of hospitality, which is this, being fully present. Right? Offering an extra portion of oneself. That's what hospitality is. It's relational. It's not about food. It's offering an extra portion of oneself. And what I appreciate about Jesus in this story is his words to Martha are more of an invitation than a rebuke. Yes, there's correction in here, but there's also an invitation. And what I love that Jesus does here is he gently steps into the role of being host. He recognizes that there's a vacuum, right? Like, Hosting is not happening. <laughs> Instead, it's this train wreck of relational discord. And, and Jesus, what he does is he, he gently offers the gift of his presence. He becomes the host, right? He demonstrates to Martha that she's valued, not for what she can do or what she can do well, but for who she is. And there's an invitation there to her. Now, the weird part of this story is that Luke doesn't tell us the outcome. We don't know if Mary and Martha and Jesus have a great evening together or if it was a complete bomb. We don't know if Martha is finally able to relax and let go of her worry and distraction. We don't even know if Mary and Martha are reconciled that night. Right? Because there's some stuff going on. There's some tension. There's some real stuff going on there. And we don't, we're not told. But Luke does show us something about Jesus, and that's this. That Jesus cares more about our relationship with him and with one another than he does about what we can do for him. And that's important for us. 
when we're trying to find out who Jesus is. And can I share something else that I, that I see when I read this story? I see two sisters in a complicated relationship who are learning how to follow Jesus together. I see Mary and Martha, who there's a lot of complexity there in their relationship. You can read it in the story. But they're, they're trying to learn how to follow Jesus together. And Jesus, being the ultimate host in his own genius way, he makes room for that. He's not afraid of, of the sibling rivalry and complex relationship. He makes himself available. Much kind of like, you know how when Thanksgiving comes and you've got to make the trip to see the family, you know what's going to happen, right? I guess I'm the only one with that family dynamic. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, but you value those relationships, right? So you become present, you show up. And, and, and Jesus does that. He's not afraid of that. And, and even though it appears that Jesus is taking Mary's side here in this story, it's obvious that his concern is for Martha. Right? He, he's wanting to draw Martha closer to himself. He wasn't looking to, to create a wedge between Mary and Martha. He wanted to bring healing to them. He wanted to reconcile the two of them. And, and, and that's why Jesus is the real host of this story because he shows up with presence, a gift of presence. And because hospitality is more than just who is bringing the food, right? It's, it's providing relationship. It's serving up a portion of yourself. And, and, and as Martha just lays out on the table all of her hidden resentments, and they come out, they're all on the table, Jesus, what he does is he comes in and offers his presence. He sets the table for, for reconciliation and relationship, a place where Martha can discover that she's, she's valued not for what she can do good, but for, but for who she is. And Martha really needed to hear that from Jesus. And I, I can't help but wonder what implications this table that we're reading about today has for us today. And I've, I've been in occupational ministry for 28 years as a pastor, and I have to tell you that there are a lot of Mary and Martha dynamics still in the church at large. Do you know what I mean by that? I mean that, that there's a lot of misunderstandings, there's disagreements, there's, there's differing views and opinions, even hidden resentments, right? There, there are Mary Christians who roll their eyes at Martha, right? Oh, here we go again. And there are Martha Christians who don't respect Mary. And it's really nothing new. It shouldn't surprise us. It reaches all the way back in the New Testament to the early church. In the New Testament, we read of a conflict that arose between Christians who emphasize faith and Christians who emphasize deeds and works. And the Apostle James writes a letter to the church, and he corrects them both, and he says this statement, faith without works is what? It's dead. That, that both are needed, that there's room for both. In fact, you can't separate the two of them. They go hand in hand. They're one and the same. We need them both. And when I read this story, I can't help but notice Jesus doing that very thing. That, that Jesus is caring for, for both Mary and Martha, which leads me to believe that there's room for Mary Christians and Martha Christians at Jesus' table. Even if from time to time, Jesus has to bring correction and balance. Um, there's a book that I read a, a number of years ago 
by A.J. Swoboda called After Doubt, How to Question Your Faith Without Losing It. And he has a couple pages dedicated to this story, this Mary and Martha dinner table story. And he asked this question, what if we could learn how to see Christ's work through both sisters? Now, Swoboda is not suggesting that we uh, try to soften the correction Jesus gives Martha. Right? Martha obviously allowed distraction and insecurity and frustration to get in the way of Jesus. But Swoboda makes the point that, that Jesus likely appreciated Martha's effort and intention. Right? She just, even if she went about it in the wrong way and, and got ahead of herself and it turned in on her. See, one thing we're not supposed to conclude from this story, we're not supposed to conclude that serving others is, is misdirected or a waste of time and effort. Uh, nor does this story instruct us to embrace a contemplative life of prayer at the expense of an active life of service. That's not what this story's about. So you could read it that way, I suppose, and be like, whoa, we're just not supposed to do anything. Bring the food. <laughs> I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's in the Bible. No, no, that's not what this story's about. <laughs> that's not what, what this, this story's about. This, this isn't a story that's pitting activism against sit, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Both are necessary. It just so happens that in this story, one got out of whack and Jesus had to address it and, and bring, speak to it and bring some correction to it. But the fact of the matter is this, that, that yes, Mary Christians might lean more toward a contemplative life of prayer. Martha Christians might naturally lean into an active life of service. But here's the thing. Both sisters serve the same Jesus. And Swoboda says it this way, that every follower of Jesus carries some part of the yoke of Christ. Not one carries the whole burden. Right? That Jesus calls each one of us. And I often wonder if one of the reasons many younger Christians deconstruct their faith, especially in this day and age, is because the church at large has given little attention to doing justice in the world. And I have a hunch that this Mary and Martha story that we, we just read about, in some ways, is playing out in real time in front of us. Because to me, Again, someone who's been in occupational ministry for a while, um, to me it's evident that there's some real frustration towards churches. Right? There's a growing suspicion and, and even resentment toward a thoughts and prayers expression of faith. Right? That does not also engage in active life of service. And I think that's very real and, and worth paying attention to. But I'm also aware of how it has the potential to to lead us to a response that looks like Martha, right? Looking down at Mary with disdain, saying, man, you call that being a Christian? You're not even doing anything. You just pray and go to church. You just read your Bible, say prayers. And I think ultimately it can lead someone to the ultimate conclusion that Jesus just doesn't care. And that makes me really sad because I know it's not true. 
right? And I, I can't help but wonder, what if the church learned to practice hospitality the way Jesus did? That what if the church made room at the table for Mary's and Martha's? Creating a mutual respect for one another. Trusting Jesus to, to correct imbalances and point out our blind spots and, and, and our sin and our faults and, and speaking into our lives like he did in this story all along the way. Again, one thing that this table story tells us, one thing Jesus demonstrates at this table is that he's not afraid of being present with us when we're in those tensions. Right? He's not. And he's not afraid of helping us figure it out. When, when that, there are times when he speaks directly into our lives, and it's not to create a wedge between us, but, but to heal us, to bring us closer to himself, to offer us a seat at his table, a table of reconciliation and relationship and grace. And I wonder if, if that's not something that the church just has to learn, but I wonder if it's something you and I also have to learn, right? To make space for Jesus, allow him to be the host, to bring healing, reconciliation, draw us closer to ourselves and one another, even if we're different. Even if I have this view of what my Christian walk needs to look like at this season, or even if I have this view of what my Christian walk needs to look like this season, that it's not neither or, it's usually both and, right? So I'm going to pray for us, but before I do, um, I'm going to invite, I need two people to help me out. John and Jen, would you do it? I've got these cards to hand out to everybody. And, and these cards are going to be our Coffee Sunday cards. Because sometimes we have these shallow conversations, which are fine, over coffee. But this is a little question to maybe just go a little bit deeper with someone today. And the, and the question is this. When was a time you experienced true hospitality? And so when you get your coffee and you get your yummy donut, find someone and say, hey, when was the last time you experienced, or tell me about a time, you experience true hospitality and start the conversation with there. And then, if it, and then if it goes shallow, that's okay. You can splash around in that too. But we're going to jump in the deep end, swim toward the shallow end. <laughs> does, that, does that sound okay? Can I pray for us? So listen, what this card is, is this is giving you a chance to, be, to show hospitality. I just preached a message on hospitality, and you're like, wow, that was, that was really good. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to, we mean we actually have to be hospitable? Wait a second. Can I just have my donut? Yes, you can. But I'd encourage you to show some hospitality. Can I pray for us? I invite the worship team to come up while I pray. Why don't we stand too and we'll pray together before we sing. Jesus, we confess before you that we're a lot like Martha, that so many of us are, are overwhelmed, preoccupied. We think we have to have all these things lined up in an order to relate to you well, to relate to others well, to, to live life well. And then we just get disappointed in ourselves and, and discouraged and angry. And well, we just confess to you that that's that's where many of us are, but Lord, you call us and invite us into something better. You invite us to sit at the feet of Jesus. To remind us that, that our value does not come from what we can do or what we do well, but it comes from who we are. 
as children of God. And I pray, Lord, that you would stamp that on our, each and every heart that's here this morning. That as we have our coffee and our conversation and, and our fellowship, Lord, that, that they, it would be rich and that we would get the opportunity to, to practice hospitality the way you showed us to. And I pray for blessings to follow. Lord, bring us closer to you and closer to one another today. And we'll give you all the glory and praise. And we ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's sing. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at www.wellchurchvt.com.